Appreciate it, Coop. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. 35 members from whatever the former GOP is now called voted to tell the truth and have the January 6th commission. What does that number mean? What does it mean that they voted for a commission to study the terrorist insurrection of January 6th? The Democrats could have done it themselves. They may wind up doing it themselves. So what do these 35 mean? 35 out of 211. I argue what matters is the result, not the ratio. The leadership in the party of Trump, the P.O.T., is all against it. McCarthy, who started on January 6th by telling Trump to call off his dogs, telling everybody he could about the call, now says there is no January 6th problem to look at. That Antifa, that's the real problem. And his echo in the Senate, McConnell, who also started by saying Trump was at fault for the insurrection, is now scrambling to kill this bill in the Senate. Just listen to the then and now. I've made the decision to oppose the House Democrats' slanted and unbalanced proposal. Fellow Americans beat and bloodied our own police. They stormed the Senate floor. They tried to hunt down the Speaker of the House. They built a gallows and chanted about murdering the vice president. They did this because they'd been fed wild falsehoods by the most powerful man on earth. Because he was angry, he lost an election. So Mr. President, it's not at all clear what new facts or additional investigation yet another commission could actually lay on top of existing efforts by law enforcement and Congress. If President Trump were still in office, I would have carefully considered whether the House managers proved their specific charge. Same demeanor, same hair. You know why? Because he's just playing the same game. He says what he needs to say when he needs to say it. And just so you know, on this commission, The right was given every concession they asked for except for one. They wanted, as a condition of looking at January 6th and the groups that were involved, to also investigate non-January 6th-related events and non-related groups. It's basically like saying, sure, we'll look at 9-11, but only if we look at the Oklahoma City bombing. (laughs) It's just a game. The reality remains, this is what they want you to believe never happened and shouldn't matter to you. Two newly released videos from the FBI showing what it calls some of the most violent offenders in the January 6th insurrection because they remain on the loose and need to be found. The first clip, the attacker tries to rip off an officer's gas mask, then grabs a tactical baton and hits police. Blue lives matter. Blue lives matter, right? Forget about black lives matter. There's no reason to respect the minority. Blue lives matter. These are the people who say it. Then there's the guy who punched officers while wearing gloves with metal knuckles. Got to protect the police from those black lives matter savages. See the way they yell at the police? The way they touch them? They're savages. They don't respect us. They don't respect America. 
the same people who cheered Trump at the rally when he talked about people fighting systemic inequality, fighting for rights like they were animals. They were less than you. And there they were on January 6th. So let's forget. Let's forget. Let's forget members of the right doing cops dirty like we've never seen. Now there's no need for answers. 90 people charged with assaulting 100 plus officers. You don't need to know. There's no new facts. There are no new questions, says Mitch McConnell. Tell the family of the late Capitol Police officer Howard Liebengood. Tell the Liebengoods. No need. No need. Liebengood died by suicide after trying to protect the Capitol and its public servants. Family calls a thorough nonpartisan investigation essential. They say Howie's death was an immediate outgrowth of those events. Do blue lives matter or not? This is the game. Remember how different the GOP felt about Benghazi? Two years longer than Congress probed 9-11, Watergate, JFK's assassination, Pearl Harbor. Found nothing except opportunity. McCarthy infamously said, remember how strong Hillary Clinton was? Did Benghazi? Now look at her numbers. The Democrats, they're not forgetting that either, especially now. Holy cow. Incoherence. No idea what you're talking about. Benghazi, you guys chased the former secretary of state all over the country spent millions of dollars. We have people scaling the Capitol, hitting the Capitol police with lead pipes across the head, and we can't get bipartisanship. What else has to happen in this country? I don't know if Ryan's going to make it because he gets too upset by the game. I've had him on. You've seen him. This bothers him. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because this is what it is all about until you ask for more. Until you start ignoring the players, focusing on the game, and changing it. Hillary Clinton was grilled for 11 hours on Benghazi. I'd never seen anybody stand up uh, through a duration of questioning the way she did. 11 hours, and they got nothing new on her. Any kind of wrongdoing. Here's what I think matters. The game has just changed. And let's see how the Trumpers fare. Forget about the 35 votes. It's the need to take an oath when this commission happens and held to be account under oath about what is real and what is really disgusting about politics. See, the game changes under oath. McCarthy will have to testify. Which version of his call with Trump is he going to give? Under oath. Said today, no concern about being subpoenaed about that day. You know who else said that? Trump. Remember that? You ever see him sit? He's not worried about testifying on that profanity-filled call with Trump, the one where lawmakers say, lawmakers say, okay, because that means they're going to be up there too, that you told them that Trump told you, well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. And you insisted it was profanity-laced. The rioters were Trump supporters. Call off your dogs, you said. Then you said, no, 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 no. He said he'd come and he'd help. And he did. The vote today is just more proof of the perfidy. But accountability is going to come because it was real. It happened. 
It will never go away. Because, look, if this fails in the Senate, and it might, Speaker Pelosi is signaling she's all but ready to let House Democrats handle it themselves with a select committee. Listen. We will find the truth. It's a question of if they don't want to do this, we will. It's not about the truth. You know the truth. You can't avoid the truth. This is all going to be about time and money to see if they can get the party of Trump to own that they're lying about the truth. It seems to me they'd rather do anything than that. Who knows? Maybe they'll even go to jail for it. So if you're a Senate party of Trump or whatever you call the POT, I don't know what to call it. You guys should tell me. They've got to make a choice. Vote for transparency and accountability in a forum that gives your party a say, a bill your party negotiated. Or watch as Democrats get the chance to do exactly what you fear most. Ask all their questions and take their time doing so with all that evidence growing by the day. What does this mean? I see a tremendous waste of time coming, but maybe not. Let's take it to the better minds. Michael Smirconish, John Kasich. So, John, Gov, when you see this, and you see what it's about, the 35 House members uh, from the right saying they want to see the commission, but it's not really about the 35. Where do you think this leads and what does it mean for your party? I think 35 is a big deal, Chris, that uh, this is the first time we've seen this kind of a crack. These are people that stood against the leadership, stood against uh, McCarthy. They stood against McConnell in a way. They stood against Trump. Uh, it's a very, very big deal. And, you know, it started when they started to kick Liz Cheney out and it started to people started to say, you know, this is kind of getting ridiculous. And now for 35 of them to march out there and I'll tell you what happens next. Uh, there's going to be some members tomorrow whose staff is going to say, why didn't you vote for this? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's it is an investigation, a bipartisan investigation. And the Republican who helped put it together said it was a bipartisan, non-political investigation their staff's going to say, why didn't you support this? They're going to get calls from the local press. Why didn't you support this? So this 35 gives some super octane as this thing moves over to the Senate, where senators are going to have to think, do I work for Mitch McConnell? Or when I go home, mm. do I have to answer for constituents? I hear you. So, uh, Chris, I think it's a very big deal. And finally, one other point I wanted to make here, and that is the Capitol Police wrote a letter asking, pleading with Congress to have this investigation. They never have done anything like that that I've ever been aware of. These police said, investigate it, please. And that's powerful, as you pointed out. The Capitol Police leadership haven't endorsed the letter, but some of the membership may have written it. But point stands. So let's take it to the court of smirk. Um, John says this is high octane. I say it's weak sauce, Uh, but it's going to happen anyway. And you can't deny the reality. It's all about how they want to play it in the seat. Does any of this matter, Mike? The 35 is higher than I thought it would be. I have to say that when your staff called me earlier today, Chris, I said it would be in the 20s. In fact, I may have said it would probably be closer to 20. So I think I think Governor Kasich's right when he says that it's exceeded what the expectations were. I want to talk about the remainder of the 211 who didn't go along, because something I think that needs to be said is I don't think they were seeking to do Donald Trump a solid. I don't think this is about fealty. I don't think that they're, they're compatriots. I think it's about fear. I, I think, frankly, they probably wish that they could be among the 35, but they don't want to incur his wrath. 
because in the end, I hate to say it, today is all about an exercise in self-preservation. The paramount goal is to make sure that they get reelected. That's the cynicism that I bring to the table, but that's how I see it. But it's not cynicism. It's not cynicism. Of course, that's what it's about. It's not like Trump is Mr. Charming, right? He might have won John Kasich over if he really had any bona fides to be in the position. I'm just saying, John, the game is so obvious and so ugly. You got Kevin McCarthy. It is. Saying one, on one minute, hey, this Trump called me and we had an F-bomb exchange where I said, you better call off your dogs. And then he just says, yeah, you know, he actually said he was going to send help. Uh, I'm OK. McConnell, sober, one moment saying, you know, if he were still in office, I'd be thinking about this now. No new questions. No need to look at. It. It's just a game. And I guess the only question is, do the people ever demand that it stops being played? Well, you know, you heard uh, as you were ready to do the handoff from Anderson Cooper, the people reacting in that congressman's district who said it was like a tourist visit and, and they're they're fed up. Mm. See, Chris, here's, here's I don't know that they were fed up there. Here's, I don't know that they were fed up, well, John. They, sound, see, sound they like seem like sound like it to me. He seemed like he did pretty good. But go ahead. Well, look, what happens is once you have 10, then you have 12, then you have 20, then you have 35. You see, what's happening is people begin to realize they can be their own people. They don't have to check their conscience at the doorway. They, in fact, can go out there, defy the leadership, which is what they did today. They defied them, and they're going to live till tomorrow. And they're going to walk around, and their chests are going to be puffed up, and their staff is going to be proud of them. See, this is a growing change. That's what we've been looking for, cracks in the dam, an ability to stand up against the nonsense and we're beginning to see it grow. It didn't grow all, all at once, but it's growing. And I think part of it started when they, when they threw Cheney out. And I think it, they, these people are going to be emboldened. And this is going to be trouble for the House leadership. I right, believe I, it. I got to leave it there. Smirk, I owe you one. But you'll be able to have the whole show at some point. So don't worry about it. You'll get the time back. <laughs> you'll get the time back. And then some. Michael's a blessing um, yeah. to, to the show. He steps in and improves it uh, on a regular basis now. Uh, look, one thing, though, Gov. We don't know that they've lived another day. Let's see what happens once this vote gets processed. And let's see what names uh, join the Scarlet Letter crowd. Smirk, appreciate you, brother. Governor, thank you. New developments in a widening criminal probe of the Trump organization. The simple answer is it's never good when something goes from civil to criminal or you see combining of assets between an attorney general in a state and a prosecutorial arm like the district attorney. It can't be good. The question is, why isn't it good? Where is it going? What are the directions of exposure that are most likely to be discussed and soon? We have insight for you straight ahead. More heat on Trump world. Tonight, we know, in addition to the Manhattan DA, the New York attorney general is also looking directly into the CFO of the Trump organization. This is no longer just potentially civil, but also potentially criminal. The state's dig into Alan Weisselberg's taxes is a criminal investigation. It's been going on for months. That's in addition to the news that we broke here last night that the AG's questions about Trump lying about the value of his properties has moved from civil to criminal. Is this just heat or is there going to be light? 
Let's go to somebody who knows the office, the players, and what it would take to be successful in a prosecution like this. Uh, former assistant New York Attorney General Tristan Snell, who did go after Trump effectively. Good to see you. Good to be back, Chris. So on the outside, when you look at this, it's these white collar crime things. It's so hard to get anybody. Um, There's so much paper. There's so many people in between. You have to show intent where maybe there was none. Maybe Trump doesn't even know. How hard is this? This can be difficult. You obviously have the numerical misrepresentations allegedly that were made, but then the defense to that is we screwed up. We didn't know it was an accident. Somebody prepared the one document, other people prepared the other one, the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing, et cetera, et cetera. Being able to show that it was actually a knowing or intentional act, that's what's going to level this up from being civil to criminal. But let's get one thing straight. The civil investigation itself is a very big deal. It could cause huge economic penalties with restitution being paid uh, to the parties involved, with penalties being in, uh, paid to the state. That alone is a big deal. If it goes criminal, then we're talking imprisonment. Right. And if you're going to get that, then you need to get emails, you need to get testimony, you need to get something else to corroborate the numerical misrepresentations themselves. So the outside theory is the CFO always knows everything. And you squeeze the CFO and he or she yep. uh, has to give up the goods about the other people that you're asking about. In this case, the CFO is Weisselberg. Uh, the risk is that yep. if you're on him too hard, Trump says, yeah, you're right. It was Weisselberg, but it wasn't me. <laughs> right. Right. That's the risk there is that then that Trump will just scapegoat Weisselberg. Say, yep, Allen did everything. I had nothing to do with it. He, he went rogue. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, he, he, he lost it. He's, you know, he was never that good to begin with. That would be the Trump line. Now, to say, here's is, oh, the you know, one. He was never that good. Here's the one avenue <laughs> of exposure. The only time people learned about yeah. Weisselberg up to this point, heretofore, as we say in the law, was uh, about the payments to the women and how it was done. Michael Cohen, the former bag man, had always said Weisselberg knew, knew, Weisselberg knew, Trump knew. And then on this show, we got a piece of tape that certainly showed that he was right about Trump. And here it is. I need to open up a company for the transfer of all of that info regarding our friend David, you know, so yeah. that I'm going to do that right away. I've actually come up and, I've spoken, me and I've spoken to Alan Weisselberg about how to set the whole thing up uh, with so what are we funding. That, uh, yes. Um, and it's all the yeah, stuff, all the stuff, because, you know, you never know where that company, no, you never know where he's going to be. Correct. So I'm, I'm all over that. And I spoke to Alan about it when it comes time for the financing, which will be... Listen, what financing? We'll have to pay you. So no, 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 no. I got... No, no, no. This is about how to pay the Inquirer guy. The financing yep. was Cohen trying to be sophisticated. Trump is like, what financing? He says, well, you know, we're going to have to pay him at some point. And he said, we'll pay cash. So you got Weisselberg not on that call, but Trump certainly aware of what was happening but that's not enough. No, that's not enough. I mean, the kicker is a lot of it's going to be, let's just say things like meeting notes. 
if you had meeting notes and somebody took down notes about what Trump said in a meeting and you can actually prove when the notes were taken, there's an exception to the hearsay rule called a present sense impression. And if you can show that the notes were taken contemporaneously with the uh, thing occurring and somebody wrote down notes about what Trump said, that in theory can, uh, can be something that's admissible. Mm-hmm. But let's just, let's just be clear about one thing here. If this is going criminal, if the AG's office believes that there's enough here to open a criminal probe, that is a tell that they have something that they believe allows it to go criminal. They would not be wasting right. their time and wasting the time of the people in the criminal division, and which is a very small elite unit of folks who focus on predominantly white collar crime and political corruption. Those are the two big beats that they cover. You're not gonna waste those folks time unless you really have something that popped up during the civil investigation. Zero to 10, what's the chance that you think a charge comes down on Trump? 10 is yes. <laughs> Uh, I'd say a nine. I just don't think it'll be by Christmas. I think it's going to be next year, but hmm. I might be wrong about that. Tristan I Snell. I think it's going to be 22. All right. Tristan yeah. Snell. Hopefully we'll still be alive. <laughs> Lord willing, we'll have the conversation then. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci is back with us tonight. Absolutely. Because he said something that we need to understand more. When he says people are misinterpreting the mask guidance, what does that mean? Next. I think it's fair to say that the mask thing is now a mess. A bunch of states lifted the mandate since the CDC said to, because how do you keep them in place when the CDC has said you don't have to, right? People are going to get upset at you. Uh, More still have them in, but they're reevaluating. Businesses are doing it all different ways. Some never did it at all, right? So it's just all over the place. Why? Because the guidance has been all over the place. And... Now, what's our big concern? Schools. Younger kids won't be vaccinated in the fall. You could argue that they don't really need to be the same way because the case rates are so low. And then they'll say, well, what about the Kawasaki? But there's so few cases of that. Yeah, but kids have died. Yeah, you've had hundreds of kids die, 300, but on what scale? And what does that mean in terms of the price and the systemic inequality and the kids getting left behind and years, precious years and memories lost because of how stinky this school year was? States, states like Texas, Utah, they want to ban mask mandates in schools. It's clear the CDC did not consult with any of these folks before changing the guidance. Odd, because here is the CDC director on how they make these decisions. As a matter of practice, the CDC um, engages with stakeholders, with consumers who take our guidance, who use our guidance before it is finalized so we can understand whether it addresses their needs. For our school guidance, we did that with 50 different stakeholders, over 50. Didn't happen this time. In fact, we had the CDC director on at night. She said, wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. They changed the guidance the next morning. Odd. My next guest has been asked about, you know, the rules. He's playing cleanup now. Dr. Anthony Fauci, welcome back. It's good to have you, sir. You told Axios people are misinterpreting the CDC mask guidance, but you added it's not their fault. I agree. And not to be kind, but to be accurate. I think it's the administration's fault. I think it's the CDC's fault. What do you think? Well, I'm not going to place blame on it, but but I believe that the the source of the confusion um, Uh, Chris, is the fact that the CDC made the change in guidelines purely 
to allow people who've been fully vaccinated to realize that the scientific data itself indicates that it is safe for them to go without a mask, not only outdoors, but also indoors. That was meant for those who are fully vaccinated. What happened is that that triggered an interpretation that we can now just throw masks away and nobody has to wear masks, which is obviously not the case because for those who have not been vaccinated, their original guidelines stay exactly the same. Right. There's and just no pressure on them now. Situations. Tony, the only problem right, is... Right, exactly. So, so I, I, you know, go ahead, finish your point, and then I have a question. Go ahead. No, no, the, the point I'm making is that that does lead to confusion, uh, Chris. You're absolutely right. And, and I think the, the people that are under particular stress are people who own establishments in which, since there's no passports to show you're vaccinated, there's no way to prove that you have or have not been. So what happens if you have an establishment in which there'll be vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. You might have people come in who are infected who have the risk of infecting someone else. So what the establishment owners, several of them have said, you know, the CDC recommendations were fine that people who are fully vaccinated don't have to wear a mask indoor. But since I don't know who's vaccinated or not, if you come into my establishment, you still have to wear a mask. So where the confusion is is that people are saying, wait a minute, some people are saying you don't have to wear masks when you're when you're vaccinated. And now you're telling me when I go into an establishment, I have to wear a mask. And you're right. It is confusing. In fairness to the people who are trying to make heads or tails of that, mm-hmm. it can be confusing. I don't think it's confusing. I think it's simple. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. The science is there. Could you be contagious? Yes, but the chances are so low. What about my kids at home? They're going to be fine. If you can get them vaccinated, do it. If you're not vaccinated, nothing has changed, but you will cheat. And the fix here is something that has been studiously avoided by the administration. And I don't know why, except for just uh, basic politics. You have to have a trekking mechanism. You have to have a vaccine passport. Otherwise, this will never work. There is no way to differentiate the vaccine from the unvaccinated. Why do they avoid the passport? You know, it's a complex reason, uh, I believe, Chris. And one of them is that if you, in fact, require a passport, you're going to be discriminating against people and putting people at a disadvantage of essentially forcing them in many respects, indirectly How so? to get vaccinated. Look, it's one thing if you don't give because me the chance you... to get the vaccine. If this is people saying, right. oh, here's more systemic inequity. But if you make sure the vaccine is available, now everybody gets to make a choice. Right. And why shouldn't I right. yeah. get opportunities as vaccinated that you don't get as unvaccinated? Right. Chris, you make a reasonable point. What the administration is saying is that they're not going to mandate a passport for vaccines centrally. But you're going to see, I'll guarantee you, that they're going to be organizations. There already are colleges that are saying, if you don't show proof of vaccination, you're not coming but on why campus put it on everybody else? face-to-face. Why thing. not do it centrally? You guys have the best way to do it. You got the most data, have, the most manpower. Chris, I don't have the answer for you, Chris. I don't have the answer for you. Fauci I, you doesn't know, have the answer. Guy, Fauci doesn't have the answer. You bet. I don't have. Holy cow. <laughs> they call the vaccine the Fauci-ouchie. Now you don't have the answer. So, yeah. look, I know that I this is I, politics, I, 
But just look what's happening. New York right. State's got the Excelsior Pass. Other people have it. You can't expect me to show you proof when I come into some place that have been vaccinated. Right. You know, I, I just I really right. believe that they they got mixed up with science and politics here. If you want to preference people who no. are vaccinated, you got to give us a way to distinguish between those who are and those who aren't. Yeah. I understand, and you could make a good argument for that, Chris. I'm not arguing with you, but the policy is they don't want to do it centrally. They don't want to have a central dictate that you have to have a passport because they don't want to put people in compromised position. I, I, I hear your argument. You're saying, well, then get vaccinated, period. I, mean, I think you compromise them by doing. not having it. But if I wanted to ask you one other thing that's in your, your bailiwick, because yeah. I've been hearing a lot about it, and then I'll let you go, I promise. Sure. Uh, I hear that the data on a booster shot, I know now I'm like playing down the reason to get vaccinated, which is not my point. Um, but I hear that the data on booster shots is boffo. It's great. And then if you get a booster shot like six months out from a vaccine, you get such multiples of antibodies that that literally could be the kill shot um, against the virus and really give you long term protection. Is that true? Well, the, the, well, what's true is that when you get a booster, you increase dramatically the level of antibodies that would be protective. So the question is, will we be getting boosters? It's highly likely that within a reasonable period of time, we're going to wind up requiring booster. And the reason that will trigger it is that when the level of protection starts to dwindle down, as happens over time, or when we start seeing more breakthrough infections, you're going to see boosters. And when you do get a booster, you're absolutely correct. What you're hearing is correct. There's a major increase in the level of antibodies mm. following a booster. I'll bet you a slice of pizza. You know what problem you're going to have when it's time for people to get the boosters? How are we going to know who got the booster and who didn't? We're going to have to have a way to track it. Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, it is not your job to find the solution, but you will have to deal with the fallout. Thank you for being on the show, as always. Good to be with you, Chris. Thanks. All right, Doc. We showed you where the Capitol riot fallout. It's an insurrection. It's really not just a riot. It was an act of terror. But we saw you where it's going on on a congressional level. We're also watching the court cases, including the so-called QAnon shaman. His defense lawyer is trying something uh, very interesting now in defense of Jacob Chansley. He's looking at his brain as part of the case. And his lawyer's assessment is as unflattering of a client as I've ever heard. I smell a tactic. Let's see what he's got next. This is interesting. The attorney for the so-called QAnon shaman is drawing fire for recent remarks he made in defending his client. Al Watkins is the lawyer's name. He says his client, Jacob Chansley's mental state, made him more susceptible to Trump's propaganda. Then he said this. A lot of these defendants, I'm going to use this colloquial term perhaps disrespectfully, but they're all effing short bus people. These are people with brain damage. They're effing retarded. They're on the goddamn spectrum or something like that. So he not only disparaged his client, but also millions of others in the process. And that triggered the PC police. Right. So now the media is going to come after him because he's being offensive to groups of people, which is pretty clever because he got a lot of attention. And then he decided to defend it by pushing this. I was on Chris Cuomo when he decided the way to respond to my suggestion that these people needed compassion and patience. 
and help was to call them crazy for five months. I acted professionally. I talked to the people that needed to know. I made sure that the Department of Justice had the opportunity firsthand to meet with my client, not once, not twice, but multiple times. And I got nowhere. All I had to do was get vulgar. There's a difference between being relevant and getting attention. Let's bring the counselor in and see if we can uh, divine the difference. Counselor Watkins, I will uh, gladly buy you a tube of Brill Cream or whatever you use to smooth your hair so brilliantly and luxuriously back. If you can find me calling your client or any of the insurrection people crazy, I never did. Uh, What I did was pick up on your own characterization that they were being deprogrammed from being in a cult. I am not your excuse for what you've chosen to do here. We both know that. So let's discuss why you're doing it. What do you think this gains you, sir? All right, well, let's do a couple of things first. I use 1040. It's an oil. It works really well in the hair. Not 5W30? It is summertime. You don't want a lighter weight oil? Continue. And let me, let, me, let me know when your facial hair grows in. It's looking good, but Thank it's you. not quite there Thank yet. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Now, the, the fact of the matter is what I've done, and I do owe you an apology. The fact mm. of the matter is I castigated you. I was mm. critical of you on the air in January. I told you it was not right. It was not appropriate to call these people anything. I, in fact, I never called them was crazy. critical of you. Well, I'll tell you, my memory is that you called them. I have the transcript cra- called my me. client crazily. Well, you know, I'd love you to share it with me. I don't have to. I'm just telling tell you, you you're wrong, but I'll give it to you. All right, Go ahead. You don't have to share anything with me. I'll share with you the following. I should have taken your tack early on. I should have been complo- completely devoid of compassion and patience for our, our countrymen, those who truly were vulnerable. By pointing that out, by trying to respectfully address the reality that we have people that are vulnerable, mentally infirm, they do have issues that are currently being held in solitary confinement 23 hours a day. In my client's case, in the case of Jacob Chansley. Do you think that he's mentally ill? Oh, I think my client's mind is slipping away right now. No, 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 no. No colloquy. Do you believe he is mentally ill? Do you have any uh, doctor that has given a diagnosis of pre-existing illness, uh, something that was treated, medicated, that would give a reason for not just his appearance, but for his behavior? We know the law here. I don't want to make uh, yeah, excuses you know for people law, who make bad decisions. Bad decisions are not illness. Whenever you're done pontificating, you're good at it. I'm not pontificating. I want to give you some context. Go ahead. In, in, the, in the law, under the law, you have a diagnosis, mm-hmm. which you have to, requires an examination, mm-hmm. and you can get an opinion. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, given COVID, given the fact that my client is in solitary confinement, I'm not in a position as a counsel to garner access for a medical diagnosis. I have garnered a medical opinion from an expert. I've also acquired from the government the military records that correspond to my client, which reflect, indicate, and demonstrate concern for the mental health and well-being of my client. But there's a difference between worrying about the mental health and well-being because of the incarceration and using it as as a basis for his behavior. 
having bad politics. Oh, yeah. No, for hey, animus is not an excuse and it's nothing to confuse with mental illness. That's what I'm no, saying. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. I agree 100 percent with you. What we have to all look at and the reality is these people, not all of them, a great number of people that walked down Pennsylvania Avenue mm-hmm. had a vulnerability, and that vulnerability put them in a position of being susceptible, susceptible to the words, to the actions, and to this incessant drivel that was being poured upon them out of tweets and out of the White House and out of the mouth of our former president and, of course, social media and all that went with it. Those people who were vulnerable are our family members. They are our colleagues. They are the people that we see every single day. They have no criminal history. They weren't violent. They weren't destructive. In the case of Jacob Chansley, he was helping law enforcement garner items that had been stolen from them, stopping a theft that was going on. He entered we, the Capitol. He was flying in there with his spear. He was saying obnoxious no, things. No, well, I'm not saying know, he's the that's, worst that's of the a worst. Mis- that's a mischaracterization. And remember, what's he doing in the U.S. Capitol? You know, I, I should share with you that that video presentation that we gave to the government, which shows Jacob Chansley all through his travels through the Capitol and outside. He the said Capitol. all these obnoxious things. All I'm saying is this. This is why I had John. Out. This is what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. You want compassion for people. That's great. Yes. But. There has to be responsibility for the choices that you make. And unless you are under some diminished capacity, you know, all the colorful, you know, language that caught the attention of other media. That's not what it's about for me. I don't care about all the different idiomatic expressions you use that people were offended by with political correctness. I'm talking about actual correctness, which is if they don't have an excuse for their behavior other than I believe Trump. They should go to jail if they broke the law. Do we agree? Ah, okay. There's nothing. You know, we, yes, you yes, and I are agree. absolutely on the same page. All right. Last word to you and I got to Culpability. Go. Culpability is different than guilt. Culpability requires an assessment as mandated by the federal sentencing guidelines. All sorts of factors. What we don't need in this country is a gulag where we keep people who are nonviolent, perhaps criminals, Nonviolent people accused of a crime in solitary confinement for 131 days when you know they have vulnerabilities. No doctor in the world, as Fauci, is going to say, oh, yeah, the best way to treat somebody with a predisposition to vulnerability is to put him in jail alone. I hear you. For forever. I hear you. That's what I'm talking about. You know which cases you should take? Forget about uh, your buddy with the painted face and deal with generations of minorities who've been incarcerated for nonviolent crimes and put in and solitary I, I, and treated like I animals. Have, these people have, are the least I of do, our problems. I know, I agree Al, with you. but stick to them because these guys don't deserve uh, the benefit of your perspective on that. But I you appreciate and I you coming on. I disagree on that. We disagree on That's that. That's fine. But let's just keep Thank straight you. what I said, and then we'll be fine. I'll talk to you. We'll be you right and back. I, we're good. Mm. A bolo that's out of this world. Be on the lookout for former President Obama dishing new details on UFOs. The truth is that when I came into office, I asked, right? I, I was like, all right, you know, is there the lab somewhere where we're keeping the uh, alien specimens in spaceship? <laughs> they did a little bit of research and uh, uh, the answer was no. Look, ha ha ha, but the president 
is acknowledging something that the government has denied for decades up until recently, this. What is true, uh, and I'm, I'm actually being serious here, is, is that uh, there are, uh, there's footage and records of objects in the skies that we don't know exactly what they are. We can't explain uh, how they moved, their trajectory, uh, they, they did not have um, an easily explainable pattern. And you know what? I think that's exactly the point. Look, I'm open. I'm fine with you being open. Okay. Look, I believe in God. All right. I'm, I'm open to things that can't be explained, but UFOs don't have to mean little green men. Okay. We're going to get answers from the government in a report next month. We have to be wise to what the technology is from adversaries before we have to pay for that price of ignorance with the blood of our best. Okay, so Bolo, we'll get the answers. Just be open-minded, not too open. We'll be right back. Time for the big show. Wow. Don Lemon tonight. With Don Lemon. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? UFOs? Do you want to talk about the shaman insurrectionist attorney. Listen, shaman guy, that was a stunt to get attention. I just didn't want him to get it on my back. Yeah. I never called any of his people crazy. I try very hard not to use that word, and I don't want to give him the excuse. Uh, it's one thing if you are mentally ill, you have diminished capacity. That's vulnerability and susceptibility. That's not what these people have until you prove to me otherwise. Sure, there are lots of people who are vulnerable and open to suggestion. It doesn't exempt you from the law. And if he's so worried about people being warehoused and held unfairly for nonviolent crimes, then he should take up uh, the systemic inequality fight and just deal with generations of people from minority communities who've been incarcerated exactly that way and for that reason. And you can't have it both ways. You can't say that, uh, you know, Trump supporters, when other folks say Trump supporters are stooges and they're, you know, they're. Uh, being co-opted and they don't know what they're doing and what have you, and then take offense to that. And then on the other hand, argue in court to get your client off that your client was susceptible. Look, to what he should have done, because yeah. he's a smart guy, right? Sorry, he took a shot at my facial hair. Um, he did? I didn't see it. He, see uh, it. he says he uses it. I don't it. see any facial hair either. Yeah, I well, thought you it was should a get smudge. your eyes checked. I thought you're, it was a you're old. Don Lemon tonight with glasses. <laughs> so here's what he should fight for. You know what he should fight for? The January 6th commission. Yes, absolutely. Because right. that is the cure for what ails these men and women who you believe deserve all our compassion. The truth. Yeah. Let them see how it happened, what led to it, the groups that helped organize it. That's how you help them. Not by calling them names and coming up with silly invective to get the PC police all in a flutter so you get more media attention. That is never going to happen, you know. They're never going to allow that to happen. No one. They it's going to happen. Want, they they well, may not ha yes. want it, but I mean, it's going to happen. Them going along with it is what I'm saying. Or, or someone like him arguing for that, or any uh, of the Trumplicans arguing for that, because they don't want they, they they're culpable. They don't want people to see their culpability. Um, you know, they 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 helped the president. They did what the president wanted, and those people at the Capitol also did what the president wanted. So. There you go. And those people in Congress who are in the leadership are just doing what that president with wanted. That for, with the, I should say the former guy. People get mad. They say, why do you keep calling him the president? Well, he was a president. All right, sir. I'll see you. I got a, I got a, a razor in my office for you.
Yeah. If, if that is indeed hair. Not I got a, a scale in my office. Not a smudge. I got a scale in you my office. You need it more than I do. Thank D. you, Lemon, sir. you are beautiful. You look even better on your new show. Uh, thank you, sir. I love you, D. Lemon. I love you, too. This is Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.